it's Joe. Uh, this is your uh, Friday afternoon boy, uh, having a beer and getting a few things and throwing them into the car. Jen and I are hitting the road. So long, chumps. <laughs> uh, not really. We're we're gonna go camping this weekend, and uh, it's gonna be we're we're gonna be gone for a couple of days. And uh, as everything has kind of gone through this week, uh, we didn't really have a chance to r- record an extra episode ahead of time. Um, So instead, what we're going to do is we're going to take a look back at last year uh, when we were opening up Pride Month, uh, because it's Pride Month again here in 2021. So we're going to take a look back at last year when we uh, played a top five from some of our favorite uh, LGBTQ plus uh, musicians. Uh, There's a whole slew of people on here and uh, a few looking back that we missed. So as we go through this month, we're probably going to do another one or two of these and kind of catch up and kind of like kind of fill out and flesh out because really... Uh, a top five or a top ten is not really enough to kind of capture uh, just how much there is there uh, with this community that gives so much to uh, art and culture. So, but we're just going to take a look back at what we did last year, uh, and that'll kind of serve as the refresher and the uh, the, the first step into uh, what else we're going to be doing this month. So, stay tuned and join us for all of that. Um, also, I uh, just want to throw out a couple of ways uh, to show your support if you want to financially. Um, of course, there's the uh, Texas Pride Impact Funds group. Uh, they kind of go to a variety of causes all over the state of Texas for LGBTQ plus people, making sure that um, grants exist and uh, funding is delivered and kind of help help bring those all together under one roof. That's uh, You'll find that at txpif.org. Of course, there's also the Trevor Project. Trevor Project focuses primarily on uh, LGBTQIA plus youth and mental health. Uh, They provide a hotline and other uh, preventative efforts to help young queer people. You can find them at thetrevorproject.org. There's the Trans Women of Color Collective. Um, You can go look at that one at twocc.us. And I'll also point out that uh, Planned Parenthood, uh, that's, you know, they, they do quite a lot all over the place and uh, they could use as much funding as they can get right now, especially here in the state of Texas. But they do also provide uh, safe and inclusive health care uh, to the community. So that's that's also one to uh, to consider there. Um, all right. Well, uh, without kind of going on too much about all of that, I just want to say thanks for tuning in. Um, I'm not really sure if we give out accurate information on this one. It was from about a year ago on our contact. Uh, get at us at we're trying show at gmail.com if you got anything to say about any of this. Or you can hit our Instagram at RadioGripeTX. And as I always do, I need to say that the opinions reflected here on Radio Gripe do not necessarily reflect the opinions of KBSR as a whole or any of its constituent parts. A little silly for me to say it right now, but I'm going to go ahead and say it because Really, who knows what kind of shit we were saying while under the influence last year when we recorded this episode. Uh, so, yeah, if uh, if you take any umbrage with anything that's said, uh, do not hesitate to reach out to us directly. And, uh, yeah, thanks again to Black Sparrow, not only for having this network and putting this out, but also uh, being a sponsor at Taylor Pride this year, along with uh, many of the other local businesses who are throwing down. And uh, go check out some of the other programming. I know that uh, QT, uh, Queer Taylor is doing things this month and from what i understand they are going to be wrapping up their program at the end of this month so it's going to be uh, maybe kind of a big bang finale there but yeah uh get at us let us know what you think let us know what you want to hear we are listening with uh open ears all right let's go all right so uh we're we're gonna do the big tone shift here we're gonna jump into our top five so our top five this week you know 
is Pride Month. And so we're going to showcase some music uh, by some queer artists that we know and love. Yeah, we, we hope you guys are into it. Maybe you know about them, maybe you don't. Hopefully you'll hear stuff you haven't and then go find out more about it. You want to go first? All right, so I'm going to start this off talking about the magnetic fields. Stefan Merritt is the artist here. He composes primarily on a ukulele, even though you can hear all instruments on his albums. I've just always really liked the magnetic fields. And I think I've told you before when we were talking about our favorite book, person, movie, and album right? Uh, that we can take to us to a, a deserted island where these are the only things we'll get to experience for the rest of our lives. I think mine was always uh, Magnetic Fields, 69 Love Songs. Not just because there's actually 69 short songs on the album, which is great. That's a lot for an album to take with you. Yeah. But it's just such a great album. It's so beautiful and funny and fun. And I haven't decided if I'm going to play for y'all Absolutely Cuckoo, from, which is the first track from uh, 69 Love Songs. Or Andrew and Drag for Pride Month. Stephen Merritt is a gay man. We'll sort that out in post. Andrew and Drag. with um actually somebody that i found out about just recently kind of looking through this i'm gonna go with jane county you ever heard about jane county i have not Um. so she was the vocalist of wayne county and the electric chairs who became known for their camping foul mouth ballads uh she she picked that name though because she was really into iggy pop and some of the detroit scene and so when when I listen to it, I hear a lot of influence that was picked up later on that you might hear, and it's some it's some really good stuff. I picked Fun in America. <laughs> well, all right. Good 
is great. Uh, it definitely, it does kind of remind me of the Stooges for sure. A little bit. Uh, and it's got a very Detroit sound. Like at the time, like the New York Dolls were doing some, you know, like early American punk in New York City. And it was, it was glam and it was awesome and energetic. But what you just played sounds so Detroit to me. In 1968, Jane was 19 years old and left uh, her hometown of Dallas, Georgia and moved to New York City where be where she became a regular at the Stonewall Inn and took part in the historic riots of 1969. And I found it really surprising that I'm kind of just becoming familiar with it because actually a lot of these songs that I listened to really made me think of uh, my next entry, which I'll get to in a moment. So uh, I guess in no particular order, I'm going to just bring up Shushu right quick. So I think Shushu had his or their debut album in uh, uh, 2002. I saw them with their their Fabulous <laughs> Muscles tour in 2004 <laughs> in Iowa City uh, at, a, at a little club. And one thing I remember about this is I did not know Shushu when I came to the show, but there was one weird, this is a college town, remember, one weird fratty guy kind of standing swaying a little bit drunk raising a, a, a it would have been a tall boy of uh ham paps blue ribbon oh the ever-present paps blue ribbon i don't know if it was ever present before 2004 i feel like it made its debut on the scene no because i remember people pulling forward that line from blue velvet heineken fuck that shit paps blue ribbon that was definitely uh, one of the movie cuts in one of my cassette mixes that was going around when I was a kid. Right, right. But yeah, no, this guy was just kind of swaying and, and super fratty looking. He's big fan of Shushu, I guess. But he, he kept hollering, play fast car. Play fast car. Okay. Play fast car. But is that their song? Fast car. <laughs> well, the whole time, like an idiot, I'm thinking... That's a Tracy Chapman song. Do you just want a fast car right now? Are you that drunk? <laughs> he, just, he reverted to being six years old, and he wants to play fast car. Well, fuck me for my ignorance, <laughs> I guess, because it was about a day later. I was on my friend's local college radio show, and we were talking about our experience. We were about to play a little shoo and he played the shoo cover of Tracy Chapman's Fast Car. This guy was actually a super fan, and he knew exactly what he was talking about and their version of Fast Car, which is a song that's always made me cry. And it, shout out to Tracy Chapman for this, too. Yeah, uh, definitely. She, she's a very important artist. It makes me cry still every single time I hear it. Mm-hmm. This ah, beautiful song. And uh, yeah, beautiful cover, but that's not what I want to play. I'm going to play the title track, Fabulous Muscles. Wigging out before the unfamiliar flash of my broken neck Fabulous muscles Cremate me so you've, heard, you've heard some of that. It's a little overwrought. It's fun. It plays with notions of masculinity what you got i'm gonna go with hedwig and the angry inch 
uh, origin of love. Oh. doesn't know um in oh 1998 Stephen trask and john cameron mitchell premiered an off-broadway musical by the name of hedwig and the angry inch uh it was a story that they had made up that was inspired by a german divorced u.s army wife who was john cameron mitchell's family babysitter <laughs> and moonlighted as a prostitute at her trailer park in junction city kansas oh gosh it's so personal. Um, I had no idea. Yeah, yeah. That's one of the little known things about it is... So they premiered it actually not just off-Broadway, but in a drag club, like uh, just at a, at a night to to have just a regular show pretty was it, much. Was it well-received initially? It was absolutely well-received. Oh, well. Uh, can I just say, I'm not trying to name drop here, but I had a friend who had a sister whose boyfriend was a professional bass player. And he not only played bass for the Afghan Wigs when they toured, or in studio, I should say, uh, he also played on, I guess, off-Broadway as a member of Hedwig's band, the bass, the bass player. But uh, yeah, no, he said uh, they played to rapturous crowds and to hostile crowds and when he first when he first joined the tour they were still getting sometimes hostile crowds from people that did not expect they were expecting maybe a broadway experience and right instead we're getting something that they couldn't understand and if you've never seen the film hedwig and the angry inch dear listener you owe it to yourself Treat yourself with that film. It, it is Treat yourself. Uh, a world. So yeah, that's my next one. What do you What do you got coming up? I definitely wanted to talk about Janelle Monet. She's one of my favorite contemporary popular artists, but she just sort of came into my life, and she's sort of like the new Prince. But I'm specifically going to talk about the song Pink. Came out a few years ago. Back in 2017, maybe? Doors. 
necessarily my favorite Janelle Monet song but it's one of my favorite songs of all time it's so fun it's so beautiful the video is beautiful it's very sex positive it's very empowering yeah we all know it's very genital it's very labial but uh, she makes it so much more than that and it's just such a fun song I love Janelle Monet. I think she's kind of our new prince <laughs> yeah anyway what you got so i'm gonna break away from my my kind of punk rock diatribe that i'm doing here and i'm gonna well only slightly because my next one is freddie mercury of course we all know him from the band queen my, my pick for this one is someone to love okay let's do it Freddie Mercury, not not only uh, really important and, and just strong uh, within the community, he was 
essentially, you know, didn't have a whole lot of disclosure about his personal life, and that was kind of not the point uh, behind a lot of what he was doing, even though it shone through, uh, sexuality shone through in his work, it was like so strong. Do you remember the video for I've Gotta Break Free? <laughs> oh, it's so great, yeah. It's, it's one of my favorite songs of all time. That's one of my favorite videos of all time. It's it's kind of bonkers, but it's really great. I mean, they're all in drag, but I feel like everyone who has a mustache keeps their mustache. It's definitely the kind of campy, like, European drag. Um, yeah, from, from you know, the, the 70s and 80s and how androgyny was played with a lot uh, with glam and with rock. And I'm going to say that... Queen even had their place with uh, Prague, even if you've listened to, well, a good amount of their stuff, then then you would see that they were expansive and they, they were expansive. not, they were not, no, I totally agree. Yeah. They were not typecast into one genre. I've, I've always thought that the power that Freddie Mercury has with his voice is its own like superpower, essentially. Um, I think he's one of the greatest vocalists of all time. Yeah. I would not. I would not argue that for a second. All right. Well, I was gonna talk about Coil. I'm just gonna talk about Coil because I loved Coil growing up. Uh, John Balance from Psychic TV with Peter Stevenson, who uh, founded Industrial Records and uh, was in Throbbing Gristle. It's pretty weird music. It's not what you think of as a sort of gay anthem, but. I love Coil. We are all familiar with Coil. If you've watched what they did, the soundtrack for Hellraiser, they're freaking fabulous. John Balance is in a lot of things. A lot of a lot of people associated with Coil has done a lot of things. It's mostly been John and Peter. I actually remember playing a game in the late '90s. It was a computer game uh, that took place in a haunted museum, and it was one of those point-and-click puzzle games, kind of like Mist. Kind of like Mist. It was pretty cheesy, but it had as the backdrop a Coil soundtrack. I didn't know that at the time. Chilled me to the bone when I was playing it in my mom's basement on the PC. I love Coil, and one of their first songs that grabbed my attention... Actually, that's not true. Throbbing Gristle grabbed my attention, and that led me to Coil. I'm gonna I'm gonna play this for y'all right now. They did a cover of Tainted Love by Soft Cell. Sometimes I felt I had to run away. I had to Once I rant 
singer was gay and uh they wrote tainted love back before that really had that double meaning it's actually before the aids crisis and Coyle did a cover of tainted love for an aids benefit in 1984 and i i thought this song was really ominous and terrible and beautiful so this song isn't super representative of what Coyle is uh, altogether, but this song is such a canticum more. They they took a super upbeat song. Well, I guess not super upbeat, but it was fast paced. Well, I don't know what the original by who is it? Uh, was it Gloria Jones? Some uh, Soft Cell did the original. Soft Cell covered it. Really? Yeah. Yeah, they're they're not the original. Was it a Motown tune originally? is a Motown tune and it, he didn't even say Motown he was just like well do you want to know about the original author who is Gloria Jones Gloria Jones or at least the so original performer it was yeah it was originally written by uh, I think his name was Ed Cobb and uh, done by uh, the peps or the preps or something in 1964 yeah it, it ended up it, it was done by Gloria Jones in 1964 so here's the thing I freaking knew it in my heart in my bones in my organs yeah everything about that song everything plays ab- so perfectly everything about the soft cell song sounds like it was a redone or at least uh, trying to imitate mo- uh, a Motown tune and of course of course it, it was and he brought it into the early 80s that's one of the things I really love and, and trust. We're going to do a top five of best covers uh, wherein songs are fully reimagined. Not not just covered and done well, but where songs are kind of brought home to roost. Can we, can we do a whole episode about Pose? I think we should. I think we might. But we're going to, we're taking your emails, y'all. You want to talk about Pose? You want to talk about Pose? Let's talk about Pose. Let's. Everybody, Joe here. We're just stopping in with a quick station break. I just want to say thanks for listening to the show. Thanks for listening to KBSR Black Sparrow Digital Radio. You know how we roll here. Everything is uh, wholly independent. 
we got a Patreon community that helps us uh, keep it all going. And uh, you can be a part of that. You can go to BlackSparrowMusicParlor.com and look for the Patreon link there. Or you can look for the link to stream the radio live 24-7. Um, we're also on plenty of radio apps. If you use a, an app for a different internet radio, you'll probably be able to find us there. Uh, we have our own app also. That's a whole thing. Uh, yeah, we've uh, we got stuff planned. Uh, the venue, Black Sparrow, will be opening this summer, July 4th weekend. We've already got a few shows lined up. It's going to be a metal show on my birthday, Friday the 13th. Uh, yeah, good stuff on the horizon. Thanks, everybody, for pitching in and for keeping the station going and for keeping the Black Sparrow alive and well here in Taylor. Uh, we really do appreciate it. Also, of course, thanks to Trevor and the Mental State Fair for giving us use of that theme song, Dine in Texas, and to Alex of A Spectra Static for all the other stuff that you're going to be hearing on the podcast version. Uh, reach out to us at we're trying show at gmail.com. Hit our Instagram, Radio Gripe TX. Let us know what you think about the show. Uh, yeah, well, yep, yeah, that's it. Let's get back to it. What's your song? So I just wrote this song just now. No, not really. <laughs> you wrote a song. That's so great. <laughs> um, my Sing your awkward heart out. So uh, next up for me, I am going to bring up a little known yet extremely well-known band, especially if you're out of the Austin area. I'm going to bring up Big Boys, specifically the song Funk Off. scene of the early 80s and uh, they were actually one of, one of the bands that kind of introduced funk and some different styles into the hardcore scene instead of kind of keeping it really straightforward uh, there, there was a moment where uh, Randy Turner Biscuit was uh, you know he was being interviewed and he was questioned about his sexuality and he said you know that's not really the point here um, every, everything that I'm doing with my music that's that's not about just that aspect of my life. You're asking me to like give 5% of my life, you know, to kind of explain everything about what we are. And I'm paraphrasing there. But the fact is that uh, Big Boys were one of the early queer punk bands and they were, they were doing it in the middle of the hardcore movement when there, there was actually kind of a lot of 
either just outright homophobia or there was, you know, a kind of like a lot of coded stuff, kind of androgynous performers would, as a joke, invoke a gay character kind of as a punchline. And for anybody that doesn't know, there's a little story about a falling out between uh, the Dead Kennedys and Bad Brains. And this happened in Austin, Texas, when they were on tour together and they came to Austin and they did some shows and they were supposed to be, you know, staying basically housing with uh, big boys while they were in town. Well, as it happens, HR and the guy for, guys from Bad Brains, they had their own views about homosexuality. Bad Brains had a certain set of ideologies, which is kind of was kind of weird to bring into the punk scene and part of that included not being cool with gay people right and so and this was actually a split between the dead kennedys and bad brains where the dead kennedys uh said i can't believe that you're you know treating treating people in our community like this and being really disrespectful well cheers to them and if uh if you want a little fun fact i got a fun fact prepared for this one they had a horn player at one point tim copra copra it's K-O-P-R-A. That guy used to play horn for the big boys back when. You know what he's you know what he's done in the time since? Go ahead and take a guess. Uh, he went on to manage a Kroger's. He is a fucking astronaut, and he literally has spent time running the International Space Station. Oh wow. That's right. Punks in space. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so uh, big I love boys, that. Yeah, big boys definitely for anybody that knows about them, they're they're one of the the punk bands to know about from from back in the day. All right, I've only got one more. Come on, say it. a little more enthusiastic. I've I've only got one more choice. Say okay, I am now at my penultimate choice. Wait, I'm at my ultimate choice, right? This is, this is my okay, fine. Last, yeah, you're choice. right. No, I'm wrong. Jesus. You're right. Let me literally mangle language in order to be more enthusiastic. Let me literal, literally strangle my own self. Well, I was I was kind of torn right now between choosing Christine, uh, who, uh, Paul Swallow, who is uh, a local legend who first appeared at Camp Camp in Austin, but somehow, time and time again, I've never made it to a Christine show. Oh, you were not at the chain drive that night? I was not. <sighs> Maybe you should be fucking talking about Christine. No, I mean, I only saw the one show. Uh, it was a good time. That was that was way back. We were barely dating, maybe. I think it was 2013 uh, when I saw that show at the chain drive mm. with uh, uh, Charlie Jupiter. Hmm. Our, our good friend Charlie bleep the last name, I guess. Yep. Charlie, I hope you're listening. <laughs> Wherever you are, I hope this signal finds you. Yeah, It's absolutely. been too long. Let's catch up. This yeah. is really the best way I can think of to reach out. Hey, how you been? I'm going to be how quiet for five minutes while you answer. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, I'm actually going to talk about Perfume Genius, uh, which is Michael Allen uh, Hedrius. Perfume Genius, I don't know too much about, but they came to my attention a few years ago. Or he, I should say, came to my attention a few years ago. And I love this music. It 
uh, it grabbed me in a way that like grizzly bear grabbed me. Um, it just absolutely consumed me uh, emotionally, musically. I've kind of not been doing emotions for the last couple of years, which is why I haven't really kept up with Perfume Genius. It's too good, too deserving of of your emotional availability for me to fully have of uh, been aware of what Perfume Genius is up to, but I think I'm just going to pick my favorite song that I heard, or possibly a better song that I uh, haven't heard yet, and uh, we're going to bring it to you right now. of editing you just fuck hold on and through the magic of editing I'm fully confident in my perfume genius choice this is an extremely relevant song by an extremely relevant uh, band I can say that was the best song I've ever heard by them thank you yeah yeah I made a really good choice I think love this band and this song love the man behind it perfume genius joe what's your final okay so this last one i'm gonna bring up a band that i heard about some 20 odd years ago when i was still a youngin and this was actually one of my first uh forays into punk rock and one of my first forays into i'm not gonna say 90s subculture but definitely like queer subculture yeah, my next pick is going to be Team Dresh. Yeah. 
Team Dresch, uh, named after the founder, Donna Dresch. Uh, of course, Donna Dresch was also in Hazel and was on a few different uh, joints in Candy S Records. So, yeah. Wow. No, I don't know this band. I know you've played it for me a few times. It, it kind of reminds me of Slater Kinney. It definitely has that punk feminist Olympia sound. So there's a whole but, community of people that were in the hardcore scene, but they were queer and were making their mark on the scene that way. Yeah, yeah. And uh, but but Don Andrish was also involved with in, in the zine, uh, I guess, milieu, the zine, melee. I did say scene, but OK, zine. Zine, Z-I-N-E, to be sure. <laughs> and founded the queer core independent record label Chainsaw, uh, Chainsaw Records in the early 90s. And of course, was also on Candy Ass Records. Now, you really want to know something? Something that's kind of funny? Yeah. Uh, she temporarily replaced Van Connor in The Screaming Trees hmm. and had a brief stint as the bassist in Dinosaur Jr. and like went on tour. Um, so, was actually still like in the scene with, with, with some of the more popular bands that were not aligned in the same ways, but was, was just a hardworking, diligent musician. And this this album in particular, uh, Personal Best, which came out in the early 90s, that was for me kind of like my dawning of the understanding that there that there was a scene and a movement. And this was brought to my attention by some family of mine. And it's, it's always been just a really powerful, strong album that's like stood the test of time for me, probably because of my emotional ties. But I, I really think that it's still as good today i think that it's still as important today and and when you hear anger in it i think it's still as valid today and so i i got a lot of respect and a lot of love for donna dresch and team dresch and uh specifically you know like kind of did team dresch like where did they come from oli olympia oh yeah so i was gonna say this is a very olympia sound yeah uh, active from like 93 to 98 was really kind of important for uh, LGBT causes at that point and the career core scene and just being able to identify as who you are in public there that's something that actually is it goes back with the punk rock movement and the hardcore movement from day one is this idea of uh, you know both of those things are centered on being kind of social pariahs uh, and, and being ostracized a lot of times and in fact I found out like an interesting thing about the word punk like what it was initially meant was mm. kind of a whatever thing and then it kind of shifted into a specifically like a young man that would that would do sex work for older men in certain areas and this right. was in like uh, Britain right? right so like it's kind of actually had the connotations of homosexuality for a long time and yeah. so that's why I feel like it's almost like their saying, own words for so many things yeah like but I, like I, it's okay to say the word cunt if you're British twat oh no I mean British twat and though pink elephants I'd see Though I'd be drunk as I could be Still I would sing my song to me About the time they called me Shacky If I could be for only an hour If I could be for an hour every day If I could be for just one little hour A cute, cute, in a stupid-ass way And if I join the song